Welcome back to Deep in Christ. Today we'll continue exploring this holiness that we're all called to, and we will find some helpful guides and intercessors for along the way. Today we're talking about the saints. Here on Deep in Christ, talk to you in a moment. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network. And as always, this is a conversation about our daily call as Christians to grow deeper in imitation of and devotion to our Lord Jesus Christ. And today, uh, we're going to be talking about the saints, and I'm joined by a good friend and colleague, Seth. Seth, welcome to the program. It's good to be here. It's good yeah, to be here. Thank you for joining me. We're just getting started with this show, and, and you're doing a lot behind the scenes to mm-hmm. make it happen here at the Coming Home Network. But, you know, I thought... We would talk a little bit about this topic today, and I, I thought we'd have a good discussion about it based on some of our previous discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as I'll read here in a moment, well, I'll just uh, give the summary of, you know, we got some good input on on the first couple episodes and, mm-hmm. and some good questions about this holiness we've been discussing. And so I, I wanted to dig into the saints because they, uh, they give us a real concrete image of what this holiness is. But before we get yeah. into that, tell everybody about you, what you do here at the Coming Home Network, and just a bit about yourself. Well, um, as you said, my name is Seth. Uh, so I am the developer of Web New Media here at the Coming Home Network. And so I am in charge of the, the YouTube channel that you're watching this on, and also the, the podcast server that you're hearing this on if you're listening to it. Um, and it's it's been a real adventure in the past, uh, especially the past year and two, to, to really look at and develop what we are saying and uh, what is the message that we want to put out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially in the past few months with um with you know now deep in Christ, but also on the journey, yeah. a lot of great conversations and a lot of great conversation starters. And it's really neat as you are going to look at in a minute, you know, all the comments that we've been seeing about people that have been encouraged by by the stories that have been shared and by the conversations we've been able to have. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Uh uh you are married. Yes. And you have two children. I'm married. I have two girls that are uh five and uh, eight as of tomorrow awesome and uh yeah and it's been it's been an adventure and you know thinking about this idea of, of holiness mm-hmm. that we've been looking at um holiness is a topic that i i understood in my mind before but i understand it much more concretely now that i am a husband and a father mm-hmm. that i am not just in charge of my own holiness but the holiness of my, of my family and you know, think about how I can be a good example to them. So I need to grow more in my own holiness so that I can help them uh, see what what it means to be holy and, and grow in holy them, holiness themselves. Right. Understanding it more now as a husband and father, but also as a Catholic. Right? Yeah. I mean, give yeah. a l- quick recap here. I mean, you you haven't always been Catholic. No. Nope. So my uh, actually this coming Easter will be um, the my thirteenth year, my thirteenth anniversary as a Catholic, and uh, and so. And my wife and I are both converts, and you know, if you want, you can see uh, our uh, journey home episodes yeah. on on YouTube. We were both on a couple of years ago, um, but she came in to the church in two thousand one, and I came in in two thousand eight, and we met one month after my confirmation. And so, as, as she likes to say, uh, <laughs> God was holding her out until her uh, future husband became Catholic. That's awesome. Yeah. Again, thank you for again for joining me for this. So yeah, as you mentioned, as, as we mentioned, um, this is episode four of Deep in Christ. 
Um, and we, we started out talking about holiness mm-hmm. uh, as something that all Christians are called to. We're all called to imitate the perfection of the Father. Uh, Christ yeah. commands us that of us. In our second episode, we looked at some aspects of life in Christ. We looked at that passage from the Catechism and different aspects of, of what we need to learn about and practice yeah. uh, as part of that process. And then the last episode, I was, I was, it was a real treat. Uh, my brother, who was re- recently ordained priest for the Diocese of Toledo, he joined me to talk about one of our favorite topics, which is the virtues and the cardinal virtues in, in particular. So yeah. that was a really fun discussion. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to to going deeper into those in the future because, yes. you know, you and I are both in, in a men's group together, and that is what we've been studying for the past year, the cardinal virtues. Yeah. And it, it has been a really amazing uh, the, the book that we've been going through, but also realizing that the cardinal virtues are amazing tools mm-hmm. for us to use to to grow in holiness. To understand ourselves and, and, yeah. and to translate what we learn about the Lord and about the faith and about Scripture, to translate that into habits and behavioral yeah. change and different decisions in our life. Yeah. And 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 um, to say something that might be controversial, a little sexist. We're only like seven, but, <laughs> seven minutes into this, man. <laughs> I think the cardinal virtues are, I might be able to say, especially good for men ah. in thinking about how to grow in holiness because there, there's a structure mm-hmm. and there's there's a way to look at it to say, okay, I can break this down. Mm-hmm. It is it, Holiness isn't this amorphous, try and act like some saint out there. Right. It is a breaking it down to see where am I weak mm-hmm. and where am I already strong and what do I need to work on yeah. to grow in holiness. Yeah, very good. So check out that episode. That was, that was a lot of fun. And, and uh, as you mentioned, we're going to do more studies of that. I think Father Peter will be back to discuss the virtues more in depth as we go on. But mm-hmm. for today, we're going to build on those discussions uh, that we've had thus far, talk more about holiness and um, and let me give some background to the topic today. And so we we actually received a nice comment on the website, uh, someone uh, saying they enjoyed uh, watching the show and they enjoyed the first discussion or couple of discussions. But their question was simply this: Okay, you've talked a lot about this holiness that we're all called to. Can you define it? Mm-hmm. What is holiness? And I, and I thought to myself, well, that's, that's interesting. We didn't necessarily like boil it down to like a simple definition. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for that. But first of all, I, I think in my response, we had, we had a nice little exchange. Um, part of it is, is certainly you know, holiness. We're talking about this perfection we're called to. We're mm-hmm. called to try to be like God, to imitate the Father, to imitate Christ. And so it means perfection. It means, I think, maybe technically, originally set apart, something mm-hmm. set apart as yeah. consecrated, sacred. Yeah. I think that is part of my, the meaning of my first name, Seth. Seth. Which is means set apart or chosen. Well, you heard it here first. Here, folks, you know, it's so, called Seth. Yeah. Then you're, you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's certainly that. We can describe, you know, the, the high, the, this, this height, this holiness, this perfection we're called to. But, you know, what's interesting about that, and I think what gets into a little bit of why we can't put a precise definition to it, is that whenever we use words for um, the attributes of God, we're speaking analogically, mm-hmm. right? You know, when we say God is good, yeah. we don't fully comprehend what that means because we can't approach God directly. And even when I and when we say something is good, when we say, you know, to our children, hey, you've been you've been good today, or we say, oh, the sandwich is good, obviously we're using goodness in in uh, analogical yeah. senses. You know, we certainly the sandwich is not as good in the same sense that I am good when I'm cooperating with God's grace and, yeah. and being virtuous. And even at my best moments, I am not good in the same way that God is good. 
mm-hmm. you know that 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 goodness is a, is altogether something beyond me. Yet we do use these terms, goodness, holiness, to describe again in, in an indirect way this uh, the, the attributes of God that we can't uh, apprehend directly, that we can't encounter directly. Um, we use them to describe you know the things that we're aiming at, the things that we're we're trying to imitate in God. And so certainly, again, as we mentioned those first couple episodes, holiness, when we think about holiness that we're, we're called to, we're commanded to, we think of the virtues, we think of the beatitudes, we think of, you know, the, the commandment to love God and love neighbor. We, these are the things uh, by which we, we move in that direction. And somehow in that process, again, as we talked about before, this is not something we earn. This is mm-hmm. not something we do by our own effort. Yep. This is a work of God's grace. Yep. That he works something in us. He makes us holy. It makes me think of the original image of holiness of Adam and Eve in the garden. And it was not, as you said, it wasn't something that they did on their own. Mm -hmm. That God created them to be in communion with him. And it was that in that relationship Mm -hmm. that they had with God that was this perfect, this pure relationship Mm -hmm. that they were, were holy. Yeah. And and the the sin that they caught that they committed wasn't it wasn't just that they did something bad. Mm-hmm. It was that they they cut themselves off from that communion with God. Mm-hmm. And so this this idea of getting back to this this holiness is getting back to that union with God, to that that initial state that God initially created us for. Mm-hmm. Um and so anything that we can do is only with God. Mm-hmm. It's not just God working through us. God is not, you know, the the popular saying, you know, God isn't just our co-pilot, mm-hmm. that he just takes control right. and we just sit back and God does stuff through us, although sometimes he does do that. But in the normal, you know, every day, it is, a, it, is a, um, it is us working with God, not on our own doing stuff for God yeah. and not just God working us through passive me, right. but it is me cooperating with God. Mm-hmm. It was a tradition in the church to refer to that fall as the uh, happy fall. I mm-hmm. can't remember the Latin term for that, you know, but the, it's a that God allowed that to happen because out of that, you know, we, we, we can be happy that we rejoice because out of that fall came our great redemption. Mm-hmm. And so that what we're called to is we're called to return to this, this connection with God, this holiness, this... Um, wholeness, this unity with God, um, because Christ has opened the way. But that, then what we're called to is actually something even beyond that, because now, now a part of our call is to conquer sin, mm-hmm. is to resist temptation. We, yeah. you know, there's actually something greater that God brings out of that fallen state by our cooperating with him. But it still, it all comes back to us saying yes and cooperating with him. Yeah, that, that God, God works through all things for the good. Yes, of those who love him. Yes, who are called by his name, and That's so um, it is. Uh, it's it's interesting mm-hmm. sometimes to think hypothetically what would have happened if we hadn't if Adam and Eve hadn't fallen, mm-hmm. but you know that that's only hypothetical because they did, and we are in this world now where there is sin, mm-hmm. and it is our it is not just our duty but our privilege yeah. to to work day by day to uh, to conquer sin in our life. But to also, and more importantly, to to follow Christ and His example, and to live the life of holiness that He's calling us to. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So, again, with that question that we receive, what is holiness? You know, again, there's there's this aspect of analogy. Whenever we speak of an attribute of God, 
you know, we're trying to approximate that by God's grace in our lives. But another, you know, reason for the, the, um, maybe the indefinability of what holiness looks like in my life is that I don't yet know, mm-hmm. right? God's called to me to be holy. He has a purpose and a plan for me, but I won't know what that is until I get there. I don't know what yeah. holiness looks like in my life except as I uncover it through yeah. God's grace over time. And that's why, you know, I thought it would be good. Um, also, time-wise, I think by the time this comes out, probably next week, um, we'll have just passed Halloween and All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're celebrating, we're remembering uh, great men and women of the faith. Yeah. But I thought this would be a good time to discuss the saints, uh, their role, um, you know, what what it means when the Catholic Church talks about saints, mm-hmm. um, how we regard them, how they can be a help to this life in Christ. You know, their their prayers for us. That, that whole all that stuff. We want to explore it um, from this perspective of our our common call to holiness and to live life in Christ. Yeah. yeah and this is something that, that other languages have helped me understand. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, uh, I, I spent a year in Peru and so I li- learned Spanish when I was living there. And when I realized that, um, the word for saint mm-hmm. in Spanish, Santos yeah. is the same word as the word for holy. So the saints are literally the holy ones. Right. Um, and I, I, that really opened my eyes to this connection between the saints and holiness Mm -hmm. that they have reached this point because not because they were perfect their whole life, but because every single day they worked on their holiness Mm -hmm. and they worked to cooperate with God. And as you said, we don't know what our holiness is going to look like. We know that if you look back at all the saints, Every single saint is different. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not cookie cutters. No, no. And I think the, the more you grow in imitation of God, the, the the more unique you are because you're becoming what God intended for you. Yeah. You know, our our own efforts, our own ideas, ultimately, if they're di- divorced from God, they're kind of boring. Yeah. They're kind of monotonous. Sin is the most boring, repetitive, monotonous thing <laughs> in the world. And holiness yeah. is unique and fascinating and individual. And even even our own striving for holiness, if we do it apart from this cooperation with God, mm-hmm. that's still going to be cookie cutter. Yeah. We're going to look, okay, this person was holy, mm-hmm. and so I need to do what they did. But when we cooperate with God, uh, we realize that that God had a, has a plan for each of us. Right. And he created us with all of our own gifts and talents, and he uses those to help us grow in our holiness. Yeah, in the, in the last episode, when Brother Peter and I were talking about um, the virtues, you know, we, we emphasized, again, the classic... Uh, emphasis on prudence as as the mother and mold of virtue. You know, we, we have to begin, um, we can have all kinds of ideals about what God wants us to do or what we want to do with our life, but it comes, it comes down to looking at reality and right here, right now, what's the next step, the next yeah. step that God's calling us. Yeah. So with all that in mind, you know, let's begin, um, I, I talk a lot about the catechism of the Catholic Church on here, and I, again, I'd highly recommend you get a copy or look it up on the internet, it's all available there. It's, it's, you'd be surprised if you haven't cracked it before, it's so yeah. readable, yeah. you know, it's so approachable, so full of scripture. You know. Yeah, I know I've shared the story before, but mm-hmm. you know, on my journey into the church, I picked up a copy of the catechism, yeah. and uh, it was actually when I was in, in Peru, and so I, w- I would spend hours reading through it. I read through the whole section on the on the creed yeah and and that's a very it's about a quarter of the whole book mm-hmm. um but i was just struck yeah. one how much scripture is in there and two how you know on my i wasn't 
in the church yet. As an evangelical Christian, there yeah. was nothing that I could disagree with. Right. And so, again, a reminder there, this is, we are the Coming Home Network, and, and we're about, uh, we're, we're a network of people who have embraced full communion with the Catholic Church, um, and we're here to help others who are interested in making that similar journey. But wherever you happen to be on your spiritual journey, you know, this show is about talking about our common call to holiness. Yeah. And so we're glad you're here. Read the catechism. You might be surprised by what you find. Well, and, and it's also about our common call to follow Christ. And Absolutely. and so and so as I yeah. as I was going, there's through, no holiness apart from that. Probably. Everything yeah. everything in the catechism points back to Christ, and so that was one of the most powerful things for me. So this is paragraph eight twenty eight in the catechism, um, and we thought we'd start here. Uh, you know, talking about the saints. Well, what are the saints? What is it? What does the church mean when she refers to the saints? So it it, uh, it goes here uh, uh, by canonizing some of the faithful i.e. by solemnly proclaiming that they practiced heroic virtue and lived in fidelity to God's grace, the Church recognizes the power of the spirit of holiness within her and sustains the hope of believers by proposing the saints to them as models and intercessors. The saints have always been the source and origin of, of renewal in the most difficult moments in the Church's history. Indeed, holiness is the hidden source and infallible measure of her apostolic activity and missionary zeal. Mm. Yeah. So models and intercessors, um, and of course the you know the first line there by canonizing some of the faithful, this solemn proclamation the church makes uh, after a great man and wo or woman of the faith has died, and actually after their death, uh, there have been signs or miracles yeah. uh, that you know have led the church again discerning prayerfully yeah. that this is a this is a person who did live in cooperation with God, and they are they're in heaven. They they've, yeah. they've made it. Yeah, I, I used to think that it was uh, it was the fact that someone had to have done some miracles on earth while they were still alive mm -hmm. before they died for them to be considered a saint. But then when I realized that it was that was not the case, that it was yeah. that miracles were attributed to people who sought that person out for intercession. Yeah, that it was a it was a confirmation. It was a gift that God has given us to say this person is indeed in heaven and. He is or she is cooperating with me on a level that that is so much higher than we could ever cooperate with him here on earth. Right. And it also made me realize that, um, and I, I remember I've heard this a couple of times, that um, people cannot become saints until someone goes to them for intercession. And so, you know, if you have if you have a loved one, if you have you know a grandparent who has passed on, um, if you have someone that you knew from your parish that has passed on, um, you can go to them for intercession. And if a miracle happens because of that intercession, well, then you know we have you know the church has uh, these systems that you can that you can go through to to ask for them to be canonized. Yeah, and it's not just these amazing you know saints that you know, all the famous ones we know, but but there are so many saints in the church. Right, there's so many we don't know about because it's yeah. not that they become saints; it's that they're declared saints. Yes, you know, and again, this may sound really foreign to someone who doesn't come from this background, but recognize that this this came out of the life of the church. This came out of scripture. This came out of, you know, the the experience and the spirit led early church. You know, elsewhere on this channel and on the Coming Home Network website, you can maybe get into the apologetics of it. But as I often have said and will say here, for today, you know, just just take it as a proposal here. You know, it's it's such a human and, and Christian Catholic thing uh, to recognize the communion of saints, that we are alive in Christ, even yeah. those who have, who, have, who have died, if they died in Christ. 
And so there's a connection there. And that's what we're going to explore a bit today. So to go on from there, so we've got a little bit of of some of the definition out there, a bit of the notion of what the church says about the saints. So I want to talk first about the saints as, um, as I mentioned earlier, and their holiness, they are are analogies of God. Mm -hmm. They point us toward God. They teach us things about God. Um, And so the first thing I want to say about that is that, you know, we mentioned this a little bit, I think, in a couple episodes ago, but when Catholics talk about holiness, you know, we're not talking, as Ken and Matt have been talking about over on on the journey here, on if you elsewhere here on the YouTube channel, um, we're not talking about an imputation of righteousness, righteousness yeah. you know, to use that, that yeah. term and that idea. You know, as Catholics, we really believe that, it's again, it's not through our efforts, but through cooperation with God, He does transform us into something yeah. different. He does make us holy. He does purify us. He does grow these virtues in us. But that it is something that actually happens in us. It's not merely covered over our, our sin. We are forgiven and we are sanctified. We yeah. are made holy. And it is, as, as they've talked about a number of times on their show, um, it, is, it is a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And this, it is this process of growing in Christ, growing in holiness. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, there is no separation between you know, our salvation and our sanctification. It is, it is one process that Christ is bringing us through our whole life. Right. And there's there's no confusion in our when we look at ourselves, you know, in our 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 uh, our efforts to cooperate with God. Or we, or even when we look at the saints, even the great saints of the church, there's no confusion there, right, between their holiness and God's holiness. Yeah. You know, you don't look up to the saints and confuse them with God. Yeah. You know, you see in them what God has done in them, but you also even in them you recognize that God is so much greater. Yeah. His holiness, yeah. His goodness are are so much even beyond. It's also very clear when you look at, you know, the saints that have written things. Yeah. Um, when you look at someone, when they get to a point where they are very holy, when they talk about their own holiness, they they attribute it even more to Christ. Mm-hmm. It is so easy um, in our in our state in life, nowhere near that sanctification, to say sometimes to say, well, look what God did in my life. But it is, it is so easy to say, well, look at the good thing I did. Yeah. And to, to look at ourselves and say, oh, I, I'm doing pretty good. I'm not perfect, yeah. but I'm pretty good. The more someone grows in holiness, the more they're able to look at themselves and say, you know what? All this good stuff that's happening in my life, it's all because of Christ. Yeah. And that's what holiness really is in the Christian context, is that they've, as John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. I mean, as that's that's in all the lives of the saints, you see that either in word or at least in action and disposition. Like that's yeah. that's what's going on in their lives. So you know, the holiness is something real, though. These qualities are yeah. something real. They they come from God. God works them out, but it is something real in them. And so when we look at them, we do see really real, true, beautiful, good qualities that um, are analogous to to God's qualities. They do teach something about God, His creativity, His wonder, what He's what He's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the world, what he's done in them, what he wants to do in us. Um, but I think it's important, again, we, as we touched on earlier a little bit, depending on the background you're coming from, um, this notion of looking up to the saints, uh, asking their intercession, even admiring them, even looking up to them mm-hmm. as, as someone who, who is good, who is holy, who teaches us about God, that can be uncomfortable yeah. for some people, right? I know I had this growing up as an evangelical. There is a and I know that you know this is something else that Ken and Matt have talked about yeah. a few times on their show. There is a there's this idea that if I am not worshiping Christ, 
then I must be, if I'm focused on someone else and not on Christ, then I must be worshiping someone else and not Christ. Um, I love the, the, the image of, of looking at a painting mm-hmm. and the, and I, the, the artist would never say, you know, why are you looking at that painting? Look at me. Mm-hmm. The artist loves that you are spending, you know, um, when I go to an art museum, I can, sometimes I could spend, you know, 15, 30, you know, maybe minutes, even an hour, just looking at one painting, looking at all the details, looking at how it all fits together, all the colors, all the shapes, everything, how it, how it portrays beauty. But the artist would never say, stop looking at my painting, look at me. Mm-hmm. So when God sees us looking at the saints, it's the same, it's the same analogy mm-hmm. that he said, he said, this is my, this is my artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God doesn't make propaganda. He makes, yeah. he makes art. Yeah. It really is be- It really in itself is beautiful, true, good, but it does then point us through it toward its meaning toward, towards yeah. God himself. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Again, there's a, there's a suspicion that um, sometimes when people look at Catholics and they, they might see someone asking for saints intercession or praying mm-hmm. to Mary or even you know kneeling down in front of uh, in front of images, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, well, clearly Catholics are worshiping yeah. something other than God. You're worshiping that you're worshiping Mary, and of course the Catholic would say, well, no, no, we're 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 not. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting thing there to say, well. Is there even a kind of a worry there, a suspicion like, well, maybe I'll accidentally focus yeah. too much on a saint or accidentally Whoops. focus on Mary? I slipped and worshipped Mary. And it's just, you know, it doesn't work like that. I, yeah. I've often thought it's interesting, you know, like, I like to say, you know, worship is like murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Le- well, expand on I'll that. expand on that a little bit. Well, because you can't accidentally murder somebody. Right. Right. You know, murder, in the definition of murder, there has there's this intention to yeah. do the thing. You can accidentally yeah. kill someone, but you can't accidentally murder them. Right. If you accidentally yeah. kill someone, that's a, that's, a, that's not murder. That's something yeah. else. It yeah. may still be bad, but it's not murder. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, similarly, <laughs> analogically, with uh, with worship, you can't accidentally worship someone. Yeah. You can't accidentally worship anyone as God. You know, you have to intend that worship God as God. Yeah. When I honor a family member, when I honor a head of state, when I honor a king, when I honor... Mm-hmm. And even admire, and even you know, maybe gaze upon, you know, the holiness of the great works uh, of of a, uh, of a holy man or woman of yeah. the faith. Yeah. You know, I, there's there's reverence there. There's maybe awe, but number one, it's not worship because mm-hmm. I'm not intending to worship. Yeah. But number two, that those things uh, we know this from our experiences with holy men and women that we've met, yeah. Yeah. you know, or great works of art that those things draw us forward toward their source. Yeah, you yeah. There, there's a man that. Uh, is the 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 main example that I can think of this a holy man he actually he uh passed away i think just under a year ago uh God rest his soul but um reverend baba hmm. uh from Nigeria I met him the first time when I was in Nigeria about almost twenty years ago yeah. um but he was he was the Anglican bishop of uh i believe it was of joss the or somewhere in central Nigeria. Hmm. Uh, he was the Anglican bishop for a number of years, and then he retired. And in, in, in his retirement, he decided to start a nonprofit to help the materially poor around him to to get. Uh, it was a microfinance organization, and so he helped start this organization in in Nigeria. But his life just exuded this this holiness and this love and this humility, and and so he is someone that I look up to. 
and I say, someday, someday I want to be as holy and as Christ-like as he is. Yeah. Yeah, when you meet someone truly Christ-like, the, the furthest thing from your mind is to con- actually confuse them with Christ. Yeah. It, it gives you the sense of of um, uh, a really edifying humility, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a real, you know, glory to God. I mean, that that's what comes, the first thing that comes to your lips when you really meet holiness, yeah. when you really meet goodness, you're like, oh, glory to God. Thank yeah. you, Lord, for this. I mean, what an amazing yeah. thing. Yeah, it's anytime you see anything that is beautiful, that is good, you have to just say, wow, God, you are so amazing that you that you created this this person. Yeah. And that you have used this person so much. Yeah. You know, Mary obviously is the preeminent example of this as mm-hmm. as, as Catholics. Um, and again, many people and Christians out there, many maybe even listening or watching to this program may come from a background where they're they're unfamiliar with Mary or maybe mm-hmm. even a little suspicious of Mary. But again, Mary says in her great magnificat, "My soul doth magnify the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I love that that phrase as a description of what the saints do. What we what we're proposing here that the saints do as as a co uh, members in the body of Christ that we mm-hmm. remain connected to through the communion of saints. That the saints magnify the Lord. Mm-hmm. Think of what the, the the word magnify there. You know, yeah. when we when we encounter a saint, and again as we said earlier. Their holiness is, is something real. Their goodness, their virtues. Mm-hmm. God has done those things, but they are part of that person now. That person really yeah. uh, has these things, has these attributes. When we encounter those real things, um, that changes how we look at God. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever image either of us has in our head of, of who God is, his goodness, his mercy, his love, his truth, all those things, our ideas of God are pathetic. Yeah. And that's the reality here. Like, but my image of God is just too small. It's mm-hmm. too it's too small. It's not nearly good enough. When I encounter in flesh and blood a person that God has raised up, that mm-hmm. he's made holy, that he has raised up virtues and the beatitudes in that person, and I encounter that person's goodness mm-hmm. and mercy and love and gentleness and kindness and courage and all the other qualities that we are, are going to discuss here, mm-hmm. then my conception of those virtues, the possibility of those good things gets so much bigger. Yeah. And then because I know that that God is still infinitely greater than those, that individual, well, suddenly my my imagination of God's goodness, mm-hmm. His mercy, His love that that be, again it becomes magnified. Yeah, that's what the saints do; they yeah. magnify the Lord. Yeah, and uh, the the quote that everyone gives to Saint Francis that I think has been uh, confirmed that it was not Saint Francis, but <laughs> I think is still a good one. Um, you know, preach the gospel always when necessary. Use words. Uh, that should never be taken to say that you should never use words. Right. But when you when you experience someone, when you have an experience with someone that is very Christ-like, mm. then you are you see Christ in them. It's not that you don't see what a great person they are. You see Christ in them, and so one of the most important things that we need to do to be a good witness for Christ yeah. is to act Christ-like. And when we act like Christ, then people will see our lives, at the, you know, as like Paul says, see our lives and give glory to our Father in heaven. So you kind of begin to wrap up this particular bullet point. Again, what we're proposing here is, especially if, if maybe you're unfamiliar with the saints or you're coming from a background where there's some suspicion here, just, just recognize this is such a human and normal thing. Like mm-hmm. We look up yeah. to good things. I mean, this, I mean, in the Catholic worldview, you know, that we, we do... 
believe that God has chosen to work through things and through people. Mm -hmm. so, so many of the decisions that God has made in his creation in the Bible, he works through particular people, particular things, in particular times and places. Mm -hmm. It's this sacramental worldview, we would call it. Yeah. In the Catholic Church, you know, we have the, the seven sacraments with a big S, mm -hmm. you know, but, but even beyond that, everything and every person can be a, a, a sacramental in the sense of to the degree that they imitate God, they mm -hmm. point us to God, they show us a bit of God. Yeah. You know, nature shows us a bit of God. The beauty of creation shows us a bit of God. And the saints are these preeminent examples. Their, their words, their deeds, and their very being, you know, the personality, the, the uniqueness of that masterpiece, that person that God made, mm -hmm. that shows us something of God. Yeah. And so it, it's a very, we're proposing, it's a very Christian, uh, Catholic, it's a very, what do we want to say? Too many qualifiers. Mm -hmm. It is a normal human and Christian thing for us to look up to those men and women, those saints that God has raised up and to learn from them about God. For me, it really points to the overwhelming, overflowing love of God mm -hmm. that he just, he doesn't want to just bring us to heaven, but he wants to share this work of, of, of sharing his love with the world with yeah. us. Yeah. That he, we are not, we are not just his tools. Right. You know, there's there's a prayer that I have said many times: "Use me, Lord." But it's not just a, a "use me as a tool." I'm, don't don't pick right. me up like a hammer and whack my head on things. But it is this sharing of his his life and his work with us. Yeah, not as slaves, but as sons. Yeah, yeah, that's how he wants. Yeah, to and it really it shows me such a strong image of his love. Yeah. That he is willing to trust me yeah. and entrust to me the work that he has to do in the world. Yeah, you know one other one other point here about about the saints is these these images of God. Um, you know, we talked uh, last week about the virtues, and we're going to talk a whole lot more about the virtues as we go. But you know, one obviously very important and foundational virtue is humility. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the, the human virtues, the, the thing about them is that um, they cover they're involved in all aspects of our life. You know, if I practice courage here. Well, then I, I, I have more courage to use over here. You know, yeah. if I'm temperate in this area, I can be more temperate in this area. If I'm more prudent yeah. over here, I'm more prudent over here. If I'm, if I'm a just man in this area, I'm more ready and willing and able to be just in this area of my life. Yeah. So too, when we practice humility in regards to our fellow human beings, and when we practice humility in the sense of looking up, and that, in a sense, that's, that's one way we could sum up what humility is. It's looking up, mm -hmm. looking up to see uh, the good things uh, above us, looking up mm -hmm. to those who are wiser than us, who are yeah. better than us, like looking up, like that's a that's a posture of humility. Yeah. Well, when we do that for other people, when we when we uh, take the lower seat and look up and learn and listen, well, that that posture, we learn that posture, we learn that disposition of soul to look up to God. Mm -hmm. So there's another element here too, where it's a it again, it's a perfectly normal Christian thing to look up to the saints, to look up to. St. Peter and St. Paul at their good moments, you know, yeah. and look at their qualities and say, that's, that's something I want to imitate. That posture of humility uh, affects our overall spiritual life. It's a song that I loved growing up. I, I still love it. Uh, it's uh, by evangelical uh, musician uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. It's called Walk with the Wise. Mm. And, uh, and so it's this, this image of, you know, if there's someone who is wise, and you're quoting Paul a lot, Paul talks about walking with the wise. Yeah. Then walk with them and follow them, imitate them. And, and Paul even says, "Imitate me as I imitate Christ." Right. Um, but as a, as a Catholic now, 
I don't just need to look at my pastor mm-hmm. or at some other people around me who I think are, who are wise, but I have now 2,000 years of people yeah. who have followed Christ yeah. and who have done so many so many different amazing things for God and for his kingdom. Yeah, we, we receive that gift from the church of, of having very carefully, painstakingly, prayerfully discerned who are those men and women yeah. that really are deserving of our, of our looking up to. You know, Philippians 4.8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, any excellence, mm-hmm. if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Well, what could he be talking Is he talking about trophies there? Is he talking about gold really, and really silver and treasure? Pizza. Great mm-hmm. pizza? You're like, no, yeah. he's talking about qualities. He's talking, and where do we see those? We see those in Christ preeminently, yeah. but then in those people who followed Christ most closely. That's where we yeah. encounter these things that we are yeah. to think on and to dwell on and to reflect on. Well, even to think about, you know, we are called Christians. Christians are, it's another name for a, a little Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Christian. Yeah, I love it. Okay, well, let's go on from there. So with all that in mind, you know, saints are analogies of holiness. They aren't God. We don't worship them as God. But we do look up to them because God has wrought really beautiful, true, and good things in them. Yeah. So another aspect of the saints that we wanted to talk about here a little bit is um, that the saints aren't just images. They aren't just examples, but they're also living images and examples in Christ they still live. And I wanted to read another little bit from the Catechism here. Uh, this is 960, and this is it, this is the in brief section. It's, it comes at the end of a section kind of summing up what mm-hmm. the section has been about, and I thought it was the best bit to read here. The church is a co- communion of saints. This expression refers first to the holy things, sancta, above all the Eucharist, by which the unity of believers who form one body in Christ is both represented and brought about. The term communion of saints refers also to the communion of holy persons, sancti, in Christ, who died for all, so that each, so that what each one does or suffers in and for Christ bears fruit for all. Mm. We believe in the communion of all the faithful of Christ, those who are pilgrims on earth, the dead who are being purified, and the blessed in heaven, all together forming one church. And we believe that in this communion, the merciful love of God and his saints is always attentive to our prayers. Yeah, that is such a powerful image to me when I when I first learned about the church, yeah. that the church is three, one church in three parts. Yes. That there is a church, um, church militant. Militant, that's here us. Here on earth. You know? There is a church suffering, the church in purgatory. Yeah. Those are, who are being purified so that they can stand in front of the Lord. And there is the church triumphant. But it is one church, right? And um, also, I love the image that we get from Paul. You know, Paul uses this image of running a race many, many times, mm-hmm. and then his image of the communion of the saints is. He says, "You know, we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses." Yeah. And when I have that image in my mind, the you know, I I, I remember one time I was I was praying over that verse, and I just I had this image of running a race living my life trying to grow in holiness and having this crowd of the saints around me like I'm yeah. you know I was on a track and they're in the stadium but I I had this image of Peter and Paul standing <laughs> right up front and they weren't they weren't critiquing me they weren't just standing there aloof looking you know because they had better things to do yeah. they were cheering me they, on they had those big foam hands yeah, on yes, waving yeah. them back and forth yeah and like, go <laughs> Seth go Seth yeah yeah that the saints they are they have been perfected 
and they are not using that perfection to just you know, hot tub, <laughs> you know, read, read books or whatever. <laughs> they are cheering us on yeah. and they they want us to succeed yeah. as much as Christ does. And so they are cooperating with Christ in heaven for our success yeah. and for our holiness. Yeah, and again, this is scriptural. This is traditional, you know, from the from the very beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. This sense of the of the saints being alive and remaining connected to us yeah. in the body of Christ. But another another source of I don't want to say evidence or, or insight on this that I think we can never ignore is just that it, it's such a human uh, intuition mm-hmm. instinct yeah. to have this sense that those, especially those who lived worthy lives, that they're not gone. Yeah. They somehow remain connected to us. Even, even before we come to know Christ, even before we maybe understand this from Scripture and from the tradition of the church, you know, human societies, human cultures have had this sense that, that there's something beyond mm-hmm. and that we're connected to those great men and women who have gone mm-hmm. beyond. And so I think the, the church comes along and puts a name on that and says, yes, you know, um, those people who lived well, they, you know, their holiness comes from Christ and those who, who die in Christ, who die in the holiness of God, friends with God, yeah. they aren't gone. You remain connected to them in some some way, and it's an amazing encouragement, especially when you when you know that you know you have grandparents that lived such amazing lives. Um, I have to now give a, a shout out uh, to uh, to my wife's grandmother, hmm. who was such a saint, hmm. was such an amazing woman. She hmm. she was from Indiana, and she. She started the, uh, the it wasn't the soup kitchen, but it was it was something like that in in the town that she lived in, and she for years served uh, served the needy in her community, and did it with such uh, generosity and such love that you couldn't help but to look at her and just just see Christ in her. So I mentioned scriptural stuff. I want to read a few scriptures here that are connected to this point the saints being living, but then a connected point, which is the saints, uh, and as it mentioned there in the catechism, continuing to pray for us, mm. that, that they, they, st- they are in communication with God, and they're cheering us on, and there's a connection there. You know, but this, again, there's many examples of this in Scripture. Tobit, which, wait, that's a, that's a Catholic. It's a Catholic. Catholic. Book, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going a little off <laughs> script here. This is apocryphal, but we propose it's a pretty awesome book, too. <laughs> but in Tobit... Uh, the angel Raphael says, I am Raphael, one of the seven holy angels who present the prayers of the saints and enter into the presence of the glory of the Holy One. Mm. And obviously later in Revelations, it's referred to multiple times. The smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Mm. In Revelation 5.8, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and with a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love whenever I go to a mass where there's someone, you know, the priest is using the incense and having that image yeah. that you see the smoke, the incense rise up. Mm-hmm. And when you when you see in that smoke the prayer of the saints, yeah. your prayers yeah. and uh, and the prayers of those that are in heaven, all of these prayers rising up to God. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's a sense in which even in those verses that it's talking about the saints in general, the church in general. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's what he in 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 the heaven that that John encountered in his revelation he saw the saints mm-hmm. he saw those holy men women the martyrs yeah they were all dressed know, in white dressed in white washed their, in their the blood holiness. of the lamb yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, again about that point too I think this we can make the same point we made before that uh, to ask for the prayers of the saints mm-hmm. to to have the sense that 
again, those, especially those men and women that we encountered that were so holy that even after they're gone, to ask their intercession, mm-hmm. it's a very human instinct yeah. that, that, that scripture and the church confirm, you know, as something, yes, there is something to this, you mm-hmm. know, and, and let's tell you what, what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted, of, of course, to, to end a little bit with just some ideas for practical takeaways. I guess the first thing I would say is especially that if you're not a Catholic, if you're coming at this from, from a non-Catholic yeah. Christian tradition and you're a little leery of all this, certainly go look up the apologetics and, and you know, answer your questions and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe we'll try to point to some resources there. But consider consider these points. Consider that, you know, saints are analogies of holiness. Mm-hmm. No one takes them to be God, but God in them teaches us about himself. You don't have to start diving off the deep end praying <laughs> to the saints either. There are so many books about the saints that you can read. Right. Um, I have to say, one, one of my favorites that I've ever read was um, Chesterton's book on St. Francis. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Um, but... Find find some books about the saints. Uh, find uh, one or two saints that you that you relate to, yeah. and that have done things in their lives that that share some of the gifts and some of the talents that you have. There mm-hmm. are so many saints out there that there are there's certain to be uh, at least a few saints that you can can relate to. Yeah, and so start off with that, just looking up to them as our our older siblings in Christ. Yeah. Yeah, start start close to home. You know, many many Christians are really comfortable with Saint Augustine. Yeah, you know, uh, read his confessions, get to know him, get to know his life a little bit. Yeah, and the, actually, the thing I love about Augustine is, uh, <laughs> is that if you read his confessions, it's very easy to read, but you see how human he is, yeah. and you see that here is someone who really struggled. Yeah, and so you know, thinking about the idea of me actually became being able to become a saint someday. Right. That is what, actually a, a book that really helped me to understand that the saints being holy, they were not holy the moment they were born, yeah. except for Mary. Yeah. Um, but that they worked their entire life to cooperate with God. And yeah. so God, as we've said earlier, made them, yeah. formed them in holiness. Yeah, the, the human portraits there. Yeah, they're, they're, such, they're such rich, again, works of art the Lord has made. Because yeah. we we do see the their humanness, their struggle, but then again, what the, what the Lord has done in them, yeah, through them cooperating with. Them. Yeah, so start off just just find some saints that you can admire and look up to, and then you know work your way towards the idea of going to them for intercession. Yeah, it's a tradition for Catholics to kind of uh, adopt patron saints. Yeah, you know, you might start with your name. You know, if your name find you know look up your your name in a in a dictionary of saints or Google it on the internet. See if there's some saints that you might get to know and, and ask for their intercession or get mm-hmm. to know their life, their their witness. But there's other ways you might uh, find patrons as well. You know, uh, the vocation that you're in, mm-hmm. you know, the profession that you're in, um, the, the the topic or craft or, or, or um, project that you're working on, you know, or even the place that you live. You know, certain mm-hmm. saints are saint, uh, associated with certain countries, you know, yeah. St. Patrick with Ireland, you yeah. know, certain certain patronage there. And there's other yeah. saints as well in, in different areas. Yeah, when uh, when I first moved here about five years ago, it was a, a confirmation to me that this was where God wanted me because um, because I spent, you know, a lot I've spent a lot of time in Peru. Right. And when I came here I started going to Saint Rose Parish, Saint yeah. Santa Rosa de Lima. Yeah. And uh, and so that was a, a confirmation that God gave me that this is where this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah, well, a good friend of ours came from Lima yeah. and moved here because of work, 
And he decided to settle down, and lo and behold, mm-hmm. the parish there was Saint Rose of Lima. Yeah, and now he's a good, good buddy of ours. Yeah. So yeah, that, so you know, that's a, another place to start. There is looking, find some patrons, find some particular saints to get to know. Mm-hmm. You know, read their biography, ask for their intercession. Um, another way to go about this is to to follow along with the church's liturgical calendar, the the liturgical seasons. The feasts and fasts of the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, the, in yeah. the church, you know, every seems like every day or other day, and there there are many saints that the church remembers throughout the year. Yeah. You know, and there are, that, that's a good way to follow along and you know yeah. learn about their lives. Yeah. Well, and as you said earlier, that we can't accidentally worship a saint. I don't. But it is also okay peace, to say, you know, Jesus. If any of this is wrong, please forgive me. I, I don't want to worship them. So if I, just in case I do accidentally worship them, I'm sorry, please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, if you need to start there, start there. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, God knows your heart. And yep. he knows that you want to uh, to be obedient to him when he says to be perfect as the Heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah. And we're looking up to our elder brothers and sisters in the faith here. Yeah. We've got a few saints back here. Uh, the top left is St. Therese of Lisieux, Therese the Little Flower. We've got St. Thomas Aquinas, who, you know, another book by Chesterton on the saint is his mm. book on St. Thomas Aquinas. Excellent. It's amazing. Um, bottom left is St. Dominic, right? No. No. Who is that? St. Saint, um, Augustine. Oh, that was St. Augustine. I, yeah. I forget my images here. <laughs> <laughs> right and, and, and we have one non-saint, but hopefully someday a saint. Yeah, uh, this is Chesterton. a personal patron of mine, yes. Ch- Chesterton. Mm-hmm. Not a saint yet, but hey, maybe. But some, someday. I'm, good, I'm, uh, definitely I'm, a good I'm, man in the faith. Good feeling that someday it will it will happen. My my, my parting point would be to just, again, to not be afraid of looking up to yeah. these men and women because yeah. all that is good and, and holy and beautiful in their lives is of God. And which is what True we Vena. want to be able to say, yeah, yeah. Be of our own, save our own lives. So... That is our episode about the saints. Thank yeah. you, Seth, for, yeah. for joining me for that. Yeah. Thank that was you. Fun. That was good, good stuff. Good conversation. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Deep in Christ. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We are a network of people who have embraced full communion with the Catholic Church. And we, we're standing here not to push, pull, or prod anyone, but to simply walk in Christian brotherhood with other people who are considering making the same journey. If that describes you, if you are thinking about becoming Catholic, or if you just if you're just open, you just want to know more about, you know, the the ancient uh, Christian faith um, here in the Catholic Church, uh, we invite you to check out www.chnetwork.org and join the community and download some resources, watch the videos, a lot of good stuff there. And of course, if you like this particular show, you know, follow Coming Home Network on our YouTube and subscribe, podcast, subscribe, you know, all like, the, share, all the things. Stay connected in some way so that you can continue this uh, conversation with us. So. Thank you again for joining us for this episode. I hope to talk to you next week. God bless.